What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Austin Williams over Zoom video. Austin was born and raised in Pleasant View, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes northwest of Nashville. Uh, and he talks about how he got into music. He was actually really into sports growing up. Baseball was a big, big part of his life. But he grew up around songwriters. His mom's godfather uh, was a huge musician, songwriter. Uh, he grew up with friends that had songwriter parents and their family. So he was around it quite a bit. But he didn't start really writing songs until he was in eighth, ninth grade. Austin was diagnosed with congenital scoliosis. And in eighth grade, he had to have surgery on his back to... Uh, get that fixed and during the healing process he wasn't able to play baseball so that's when he really learned how to write songs he talked about getting some validation during his early years in high school actually having a viral tiktok that didn't put him in such a positive light or he was kind of getting half hate half positive uh, comments about it uh, he does talk about how he got on tiktok in the first place through priscilla block we hear about the massive moment on TikTok, he had with Wanna Be Saved and the story around that song. He's got a couple big tours coming up, one with Warren Zaders, who we've had on the podcast a couple times. Uh, we hear about the two EPs he's released, the acoustic one, and then uh, Wanna Be Saved. And Austin has a bunch of new music coming out as well. And uh, he talks to us a little bit about the next single he's going to be releasing. You can watch the interview with Austin on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Austin Williams. Well, uh, nice to meet you, Austin. I'm Adam, and uh, this is about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about uh, the new music you've put out. Obviously, the big announcement you made uh, on on uh, Halloween a couple days ago with CAA. Yeah. And uh, I did hear a song, I think, that you have coming out in uh, next month in December as well. Yes, uh, we got a couple new releases. We're putting out music just so aggressive, you know. It's That's hard for awesome. me to even keep up with them at times. We had a release, you know, over here a while back, and I found out the day it came out. I totally forgot we was putting music out that day. They're like, wait a minute, we're putting it out so fast, I can't even keep up with it. That's awesome, though. That's incredible. Yeah, man, it's a blast, dude. It's been very, fun. very cool. Um, so originally from Pleasant View, is that what I saw? Yeah, yeah, cool. Talk to me about that. I mean, I'd moved to Nashville or south of Nashville. I live in like Williamson County uh, okay. about two years, almost three years ago, actually, now from San Diego. But um, I, got you. I love it here. Uh, so talk to me about Pleasant View. I don't know much about it. I don't really yeah, know man, a whole lot about Tennessee, but I know it's north of me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of like, you know, small town. Um, I'm dead in between Nashville and Clarksville. So I kind of grew up, you know, getting to go to Nashville, stuff like that. And then, you know, we kind of grew up, you know, tobacco farmers and stuff like that. It's kind of, Oh, wow. The going thing is you farm, you either, you know, farm tobacco or, you know, drive to a job in Nashville. You know? Okay. So, uh, that was kind of, you know, what I kind of, what I grew up doing and then playing ball, you know, sports here is a big thing. 
But sure. uh, I think the biggest, you know, the biggest plus to growing up here, you know, is there's so many people in the music industry that live out this way, you know, oh, yeah. like, cause I mean, you're out, you know, that's the cool thing about Nashville. And I talk about Nashville to people, you know, is it's the cool thing about Nashville is you can be 30 minutes out of town in the middle of nowhere, but then you can be to a major city in 30 minutes, but 30 minutes out, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Right. And so, uh, you know, that was kind of the cool thing about growing up here is, you know, people move out here, you know, to do country music because most people that do country music are from the country. So they don't want to live in the city. They want to live out, you know, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. So I grew up with guys, you know, that, um, you know, played baseball with kids and their dads would, you know, be song songwriters. Oh, no way. Yeah. I, you know, I had a bunch of, you know, kids that I grew up with, you know, played baseball with and all their dads were songwriters. And, you know, I had guys in my family, you know, that my family was close to that were songwriters. So I got to grow up like a lot around the business and not even try to be around the business. You know, it's just always around you. Yeah. So that was a huge plus when I decided to start, you know, writing songs and try to take it serious. You know, they were the first ones to be like, okay, I can help you. Yeah. At least, you know, some people that have been successful in it, right? It wasn't like, exactly. I don't know one. Uh, how do I even begin to to do that exactly and they gave me a lot of you know and it, and it made me a good it made me a better writer you know mm -hmm. is in the fact of like i got to write with great writers starting out you know i started out writing with really good writers so i had to learn how to either get good or you know be out of place <laughs> right you know was, it kind of it's kind of like when you play on that baseball team that you're not good enough to play on so you either have to learn to get better or you're going to look out of place oh yeah you're getting cut to, cut from the team yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, my son plays baseball, uh, okay, here yeah. in, in, in Williamson County. He loves it. Um, are you in Nashville now? Or are you still in, in, no, I still live in my hometown? Yeah, I still live in oh, my hometown. Cool. Uh, I thought, you know, all, I mean, I hear everybody in town talk about how much they want to go home every now and then and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, if I could drive 30 minutes and be home, I'm going to drive it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred you know? percent. Exactly. And then you could, you're still close enough to come into Nashville, do everything. Yeah. And, and that 30 minute drive, everyone's so peaceful. You know, getting to drive in, you know, driving back's not as peaceful because you hit Nashville traffic. And about the time you get out of Nashville traffic, you hit Clarksville traffic. Oh, sure. But, You're kind yeah. of stuck in the, between the two, huh? Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. So coming, uh, do, do you come from a, like a farming family? Did your parents or your family farm? Yeah, back so my oh. dad's uncle and stuff like that, all they like all of them, they farmed. And then wow. my dad my dad kind of got into it and then the farm kind of grew big enough that my dad either had to quit his job as an engineer or like, Oh wow. To be a full-time farmer or go be an engineer. And so he ended up just sticking with his engineer job. Cause you know, he, he's been there since he was young. So, you know, he can retire at a pretty young age. So he was like, might as well do that. Then we can reassess the farming situation after I retire. Oh, okay. Did you grow up but, on the farm then? Did you grow up yeah, on the farm? Grew up, yeah, I kind of grew up around it, you know, trying to you know help out when I was little and stuff like that. That's cool. And with um, with uh, you know growing up, with, it sounds like your friends that you grew up with, play baseball with, having yeah. their parents be songwriters. Was that something like? Were you introduced to music at an early age? Like, do either of your parents play music? Or? Yeah. So my mom's godfather, uh, his name was Ray Pennington, and he owned a record label in town and. Wow. He uh he produced guys like Gene Watson and Farron Young and Ray Price and he wrote oh, some wow. songs for Willie Nelson and Johnny Paycheck and he Dang. had a big one with uh Waylon Jennings called Ramblin' Man. Oh no way. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so that uh, was your wait, that's your mom's My mom's godfather. Your mom's godfather? Oh my yeah, god. So he was always like really close, you know, and so 
uh, I grew up around him and, you know, kind of hearing the stories and seeing the plaques and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. cool. And then, like, along down the line of my dad's family, there was a guy named Albert Brumley. And uh, Albert wrote the song, I Fly Away. Uh, that, oh, you know. wow. Yeah. Oh and he was gosh. in Bakersfield, California one time. And he met a guy uh, that was just out of prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted to do country music, and he, he liked him, so he would let him open up for him. <laughs> and uh, that kid ended up being Merle Haggard. Oh, my God. So, like, along the line, stuff happened. Well, we would get uh, – you know, backstage passes when Merle Haggard played the Ryman. No way. So I got to grow up like, you know, really close to music. And then my dad met these three guys. Uh, it was like, they had just moved to town at a gas station in Pleasant View. Mm-hmm. And uh, those three guys, you know, one was Cole Swindell. Uh, one was uh, Adam Sanders and another guy by the name of Brian Callahan. And they all just moved. They had all just moved here to do music. And, you know, they wanted my dad to take them hunting one night. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like, I grew up, I got to grow up so close, you know, around it. Wow. wow. But not have any, and I didn't have any inkling to do it. You know, like I never wanted to do it. Um, it was just, I grew up around it and I got to see it. So I just kind of fell in love with music itself. Not really like, you know, wanting to do it, just loving to listen to it. Yeah. And kind of being a part of it, right. Being able yeah. to go backstage at a, a Merle Haggard concert or being able to meet these people and see the plaques and kind of see the success yeah. and not really be like striving for it quite yet exactly exactly wow uh, well and and i think the biggest plus was learning to not like like what to kind of keep it based around and you know how you like how people lose their self and you know in the music and kind of you know end up changing their entire self like i got to see like front hand like how that works Mm -hmm. which was cool like how to handle it you know yeah kind of be humble and not like okay i signed this record deal now i'm gonna go exactly that getting a record deal is the easy part it's keeping one you know (laughs) you know like those kind of little things you know that i would always hear Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of like you know kind of hearing those stories like played into a lot of like knowing how to approach it all yeah yeah cool you know cool upper hand on like knowing getting to see firsthand how to approach it yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Like, what a great like schooling you had for for all of this. Right? Yeah, and didn't even know I was getting schooled for it. You know, like <laughs> right. like didn't even know I was getting schooled for it and was getting taught everything about it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's cool that you said that. You know, getting a record deal is the easy part. I mean, well, not really the easy part, but in 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 so many words, like I interviewed somebody that said, you know, you get signed to a, a deal, and that's now you have a seat at the big table, like. It's almost yeah. like you're at the kids' table at Thanksgiving, and then you get the deal, and like, okay, now you're at the you're at the adult table. Now, what are you gonna do with it? Like exactly. How, how are you gonna How are you, you gonna know? react to being at the adult table? Right. Are you gonna be able to succeed? Are you gonna be able to continue to do what you need to do, yeah, or you know, are you gonna get kicked back down on the kids' table like, for I acting up? I heard a thing the other day that made sense, and they were like, you know, like I signed a record. There's a guy, a friend of mine. He said I signed a record deal, expecting to get on the radio. Mm. And he said, I've been in a record deal for several years now. And he said, I haven't made it to the radio. Yeah. You know, he said, you know, just because you signed a record deal don't guarantee anything. Right. That's just right. giving you that seat at the big table, you mm-hmm. know, to see like if you can make it at the big table. Yeah. It's like, you here's know? a little bit of validation. So we, we yeah. know that you, you, you could potentially do something. So let's see it. Let's yeah. See it's like do. when you call up that guy from, you know, the AAA ball that's doing really well, like it doesn't automatically mean he's going to go to the majors and, do well right right you know, we'll give you one shot might. are you gonna choke or are you gonna are you gonna be able yeah. to get a couple of hits and exactly. we'll keep you around exactly yeah wow so you played baseball i mean 
most yeah, of your so, life. I mean, up yeah, till you're, so was, you're 15 um, or 16 or something. Yeah, man. I was, I grew up playing ball since I was a kid. And I was, I got to my senior year of high school and I was going to play college baseball at a mid-major D1 school. And oh, wow. uh, I, you know, it just kind of, you know, I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, cause you know, baseball scholarships aren't in full. So I was mm. going to have to, you know, pay a little bit to go to school and I was going to have to, you know, get a degree that I didn't really want to use because I wanted to do music after college. And then I just, you know, finally, I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, I'm not going to play pro baseball. Uh, I'm 5'9". You know, I was like, I'm going to be real with myself. The chances of me playing pro baseball are slim to none. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm undersized. And I was like, that's hard to overcome, you know, in a game where size makes a big deal. You know, so I was like, all right. I was like, there's guys that do it, but more times than not, they don't. So I was right. like, if I'm not going to go play pro baseball, why waste time and money on something when I'm not going to use it? Because I'm just going to come back and do music. So, so you knew I, you wanted to do music at that point anyway. Yeah, already, by my like, senior year of high school, I was like, I wanted to do music. Like baseball was my number one mm-hmm. and the music was my number two. Okay. And it was like, I was going to go spend a lot, you know, and I was like, I wanted to play pro baseball. And then, you know, finally I was like, I'm not big enough, you know, like I could possibly go and do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, there's obviously a lot of guys undersized that make it, you know. Yeah. But chances, the chances of that are slim to none. Right. Uh, what, so what position do you play? I'm just curious. I was an outfielder. Okay. I was an outfielder. Uh, I was uh, more of a corner outfielder, uh, but I played a little bit of center field. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking so, the guys that aren't very tall are, yeah, like like – the guy, the person that comes to mind for me is like Tim Lincecum. He's under six. He's like five ten, or he yeah. was. He, and he was a hell of a pitcher, but he wasn't. I mean, yeah. that's all he needed to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you <laughs> I mean, got the Altuve's and the Pedroyas and all that. I mean, if I was right-handed, it would have made life a lot easier. Oh, really? I, You're a lefty. Yeah, I'm a lefty. My son's that, a lefty, and I'm a lefty. I, that okay, it makes yeah. it easier, harder if you're a lefty, just because. Oh, yeah, unless you're a first baseman, I can play. You know, you're either six four and play first base. You either throw it ninety and you're a pitcher, or you're in the outfield. Right? <laughs> okay. You know, or you're yeah. in the outfield. Interesting. Uh, so, like that was kind of what killed me as a lefty. You know, playing the field as a lefty, mm-hmm. and you've got you know, five spots on the field you can play. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that because I was like, oh, that's an advantage that he's left-handed. But my son's not going to be, I'm only 5'9", and my wife's like 5'2". <laughs> so yeah. he's probably not going to be a first baseman. <laughs> exactly. So like, that, was, that was the problem I ran into was I was I was short and left-handed. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, So I finally was like, you know, chances of me playing pro baseball are slim to none. So I'm going to cut out the middleman and just go ahead and do music. Mm-hmm. And so, and at that point, you knew because you had to have a surgery, right? I know. Yeah, I, had that, a sur- I had a surgery yeah. my eighth grade year of middle school. I had okay. a spine. I was born with congenital scoliosis, and uh, I had a spinal fusion to kind of fix that and stop that from you know getting worse. Oh my gosh i I have I've had four fusions in my cervical spine, so okay. I know I, I know how that goes, man. That's yeah. rough, rough. Yeah, man, it was a tough process for sure. Um, but the hospital I had it at was amazing and you know, they did an amazing job and it made kind of the healing process a lot easier than it should probably should have been. And I was so young that it made it a lot easier. Yeah. At that point you were just playing baseball and was that when you started to write music or learning guitar and everything around that time? I was, so I was a baseball, football and basketball player. 
okay. up to that point. And then and that I just takes that... you out, obviously. Yeah. And then, yeah. So that took me out of football. I was done. Uh, so after that, I had so much downtime. Um, just kind of, you know, I was down for, I think I was down for like three or four months. Mm hmm. Uh, and it was during that three and four months, like I finally watched all the sports channels and cooking shows I could watch. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I started just like listening to music and kind of humming around to the songs. And finally, I got <coughs> you know tired of singing everybody else's songs. I, like, I want to write a song. Mm -hmm. um, so I wrote a song. And the, the I guess the worst part about growing up around really great songwriters was I knew what a good and bad song was. Mm, sure. So I knew that the song was really bad. <laughs> so I was like, maybe this isn't for me, you know? And at the time, I didn't realize that everybody's first songs were really bad. Right. You, you know, like go these guys have been somewhere. doing it for 20 years, yeah. you know? So I was like, okay, like, that's not for me. I'm going to put that back down. And then, like, I got through my eighth grade year. My freshman year of high school, I was the new kid at the school. You know, I didn't really, and, you know, in a time where, like, you know, talking to people, you know, freshman year is hard for anybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was kind of that new kid at the school. And, uh, for a project, we had to write a song. <clears throat> and so oh, I wrote a wow. song. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of it's where it started. They had a project, uh, and the project was to write a song. And so um, I wrote a song, and I learned that I could express myself through those songs. And, you know, and I, like I, and I was looking for a way to express myself at the time, you know, because I was the new kid. I didn't have nobody to talk to. And so I just started writing songs all the time to express myself. And it became like a less of if they're good or bad. You know, I knew they were bad still, but it didn't matter because I was just trying to express myself. You know, I was just trying to get my feelings out, whether they were good or bad. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't realize at the time that the more you do that, the better you get at it. Sure, sure. And so and, I was doing it for a whole nother reason. And then I got good at it. Or and when you, it. Yeah. When did you kind of when does that shift? Like when when does it become like, oh, you know, these are actually getting really good or well, I didn't did you get validation or yeah. Okay. I didn't sorry, even go know ahead. it at the time. It was somebody else that was like, man, you're not bad at this, you know? And, and, and they became more well put together. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of learned like how they were supposed to put together, you know, and I was able to like sing them and be like, Oh, that kind of sounds what's like, like what's on the radio, you mm -hmm. know, like mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like when you start to, and you're like, Oh, this doesn't sound corny. You know, like at first they start to, you know, they're kind of corny and they don't really make you know full sense or, you know, and then you start doing it and you're like, Oh, that doesn't sound as corny. Like maybe this is progressing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But at the time, like I really obviously didn't even almost know that I was progressing at it because it was, I wasn't trying to look at if they were good or not. You mm -hmm. know, it was solely for the fact of, I was just trying to express myself. There was no, if there was good, like I didn't care if they were good because nobody else was ever going to hear them. You know, they were solely for me. Um, and then, you know, I met a guy and then I decided, and then I started singing. I was watching American Idol and there was a guy on American Idol and I sounded like him and I thought I sounded like him. Uh -huh. and I was like, well, maybe I can sing. <laughs> and then, uh, so I started just singing more and more and like, I wasn't really good, but I was, you know, I could carry a tune, mm -hmm. you know? And so, I didn't know how to like get into the artist thing. Like I knew how to do the songwriter thing because I grew up around a lot of songwriters, but I never grew up around a lot of artists, you know? Uh, so it was like, I don't really know like how to do that. So I, I got this idea that I was just going to sing for anybody that would listen. Anybody and sing your listen. song. Well, no, I, at that time I was oh. going to like show my voice to anybody that would listen. Okay. So I, there was this local little bar, like bar and grill that had karaoke every Wednesday night. 
and I would go sing karaoke every Wednesday night just so like maybe like you know people would hear me sing you know uh-huh. uh and then you know it come full circle i was sitting in a place one night and some guy that wrote songs was in there and heard me sing at that karaoke bar yeah at the karaoke no way bar. so it worked <laughs> yeah it worked and so he asked if i'd ever wrote any songs so then i got to show him the songs i'd written and so then we started writing songs together uh all the time like we wrote mm-hmm. a bunch of songs together um and so then he started showing me to his friends in the music business and he introduced me to guys like mo pitney and stuff like that you know some guys that kind of you know helped me out and stuff like that mm-hmm. and became like really big influences in my life and so he uh man he kind of started it all uh, and did he help you like really become an artist then because i know obviously you had uh want to be saved which is a massive massive yeah. song but before that, you you put out a bunch, you know, a handful of songs. Yeah, so he kind of, you know, me up and him that. wrote uh, the first ones together. You know, the Are You Really Gone, which was the first single ever. Me and him mm-hmm. wrote together. And then we wrote the comeback song together. Uh, we wrote so many songs, but I think those are the only two that have been cut so far. But he just, like, he kind of got me started. And kind of like, he was the first person to tell me that had ever been around the music business. Like, hey, you can do this. Wow. Yeah, so and getting like, that I validation believe, is like yeah, yeah that you know, huge. Like that, that I believe like you are to try to make a career out of this because at that time I still hadn't like, you know, like I was trying to sing for people, but I really didn't know like if I could or how to make a career out of this, you know. Sure. So I, but he was the first person to tell me like, "Hey, man, you got a shot." Wow. And, and so, that must like, have been massive, right? And then you're like, yeah, okay. I was sixteen at the time. Oh, so this is even before you had graduated the baseball scholarship, yeah, no, all of yeah. that. Yeah, this was like 16, like 15, 16 years old. Like, wow. Really young me. Yeah, this okay. I think this was my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Uh, that this kind of happened. So, like, that was, like, a huge thing for me, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I can do this. And then when you do know? you start, when do you go in and start recording your songs? Was that after you had graduated? So, no, that was, like, sophomore year. Junior oh, still? Year, wow. So still yeah, it young. was like right there mid-high school. I, I recorded a song. I put one song out while I was in high school, and I put a second one out, which was uh, Forever in Your Eyes, I think, right after I graduated. And then my junior year, I put out – or no, then I put out a third one because I put out mm-hmm. three uh, before I started working under this new management deal. Uh, okay. And so, you know, I was still in high school for most of those. You know, I was doing wow. I was in high school. I was trying to just doing some. I was doing a mediocre job of trying to manage sports. You know, music and uh, school. school. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot. I did a lot of the other two, but school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so that was kind of you know how that kind of rolled. Yeah. Out. Well, with um, I mean, because you're still fairly young. And when I, or you're still really young. I, I don't want to offend you, but um, oh, like, no, you're good, man. Uh, I heard you before I knew as far as like what you look like or your age, I was listening to your songs. It's like, and then I see you and I've seen your, your, your videos on Instagram. I mean, your voice, it doesn't, <laughs> does it doesn't match, match now, me. but yeah. when I heard it and I saw you, I was like, holy, you know, this is not what I was yeah, expecting. I and you that. have such a, like a mature, like, I mean, your voice is awesome, but it's, it's not what I was expecting. And I was like, damn, like you sound like you've been doing this forever. Yeah, man, dude, that, uh, I get that all the time. Like I have, <laughs> and I think it comes from like, as a kid, I would always like try to sound like Merle Haggard. 
Okay. I was a big Merle Haggard fan, you know? So I would always try to sound like him. So it kind of developed into this thing where it's like, oh, it sounds more mature than it is. Right. Um, but it works, obviously. And you have yeah, a even when I started voice. Like, was doing like the karaoke stuff, you know, like I would still try to sound like Merle Haggard, you know, <laughs> like because that was like my hero at the time, you know? Sure. Um, so I would try to sound like him. So it kind of developed into this kind of deeper thing in the way I kind of, in the way I kind of like control my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think like when I, I've said that to some people, like after they, you know, after I say that, they're like, I kind of hear it now, you know, like the kind of the, and I do less of it now because we kind of took this more pop route. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's got a lot of rap influence in my stuff. So like that, yeah. whole, like the whole deeper thing doesn't really fit as much. So I kind of just run with my own voice now, which is really cool. And I kind of love doing that. Mm-hmm. But like that older stuff, like I can, you know, get, I have a low range that a lot of people don't have because of, I think that, you know, trying to sing so deep, you know, from a young age. Full transparency here. If it wasn't for HelloFresh, my family would be eating out every single night. How's it going? It is Adam from Bringing It Backwards. And we absolutely love HelloFresh in this household. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Say hello to a stress-free holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes. Once again, delivered right to your door. And check this out. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfast to start your morning off right, and uh, we'll get to breakfast here in a second. I got a code for you if breakfast for life sounds good. But easy breakfast to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love. HelloFresh has tasty choices for every meal occasion. And the best part? No trips to that grocery store are required at all for HelloFresh. Just last night, I cooked my family the chili pork and cabbage stir fry with crispy fried onions. Came with everything I needed in the bag, a little jasmine rice, some green onions, sweet Thai chili sauce, some ponzu sauce, sweet soy glaze, the ground pork, the red cabbage and carrot mix, the crispy fried onions. And I love that they include all of these spices as well. Because that's such a nightmare. I mean, you, you're like, oh, I don't have any garlic powder. Let me go buy this 95 ounce bucket of garlic powder so I can use like two teaspoons. Super easy to make. Took me 20 minutes, five minutes to prep the meal. And my family was satisfied. We love HelloFresh. Super easy. Don't have to worry about going to the grocery store, trying to figure out what I'm going to make. They send me my meals to my house with everything I need to make dinner for my family. And let's get into that breakfast. Go to HelloFresh.com slash backwards free and use the code backwards free for free breakfast for life. Free. That's right. Free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life. At HelloFresh.com slash backwards free. Use the code backwards free. B-A-C-K-W-A-R-D-S-F-R-E-E. HelloFresh.com slash backwards free for free breakfast for life. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. (laughs) 
obviously TikTok has made a big impact on your your yeah. career. Um, how do you like? Was it you just knew everyone was posting on this app, and you're like, oh, maybe no. I'll join, jump on too? Like, how did that all start? Yeah, man. I so I refused to get TikTok. My mom and dad like was like, hey, man, you should probably get this app. And I was like, no. Oh I was wow, the they're that, encouraging like, it because my kids yeah, like, get know, off like, this like thing. Poison <laughs> yeah, like, your like, head everybody had it so i was always that kid like you know if everybody was wearing one brand i was gonna wear a different brand because i didn't want uh, yeah i love everybody that. else you know sure and so that was kind of why like why i wouldn't get it everybody had it so i was like i don't even want the app like even from just like a watching the app standpoint because everybody has it mm -hmm. and so uh and then i there that little bar that i was seeing karaoke at they had live music on like thursdays through saturdays okay and one of the people that would play in there all the time was priscilla block Okay. And so uh, I had talked to Priscilla after. And she had a big TikTok moment, right? Yes. Isn't how yeah. she kind of got, got big. A really big TikTok follower. Yeah. And she had just had her like first viral video. Okay. Like at the time. And so she like she's the one who kind of got me on the app. Really? Yep. She's the so one she, who got me on the app. So she's like, You need to do this. And did, yeah, did she, she help like, you sit you down and like you you guys? No, she was she was just like we sit there in the back of that little place and she was like, Listen, she was like it's like the most expensive thing in like any business is advertisement. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it's free advertisement. <laughs> and all you have to do is post. Yeah. She was like, That's all you have to do is just post videos and you have a chance of making it, you know? And so she was the one who kind of got me on the app. Were you doing any, like as far, before that, were you posting videos of yourself on like, Instagram or like, anything like that or Facebook kind or like, of like a, a little bit like I couldn't even play guitar at the time it's so like I was doing a little bit of stuff like on my personal Instagram you know like for okay. friends type thing like I would yeah, yeah. do that so it was like a little bit of like a little bit but not much okay and not then you what what like how long are you posting on there before stuff like blows up for you man it was like two years almost like a year oh wow like it was it was it wasn't quick it was a grind. Like I got it probably my sophomore year of high school, and like I had my first video do well, like my senior year, into my senior year. Was that with "Want to Be Saved" or is it? Or is no, this, no, that, that was, was just, much. I did a cover later. song, so I sung to my girlfriend at the time uh, at prom. I got oh, wow. her prom pictures, and it blew up. But it wasn't a good blow up, you know. It was one of those we got in the wrong <laughs> algorithm. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and so that was like hard because like like my first video that does well does well for the opposite reason you know oh why people are just making fun of it or what yeah yeah it was oh, a lot man. of like, it wasn't, wasn't a lot of good comments i think it was a lot of good comments probably good more good than bad but like being a 18 year old 17 year old kid you know 18 year old kid you know like yeah seeing, seeing that must be see, rough. Like, seeing it was yeah. rough yeah but uh there's a guy that i'm friends with now i wasn't friends with at the time uh blake moore uh, he goes like BMO on TikTok, and he like has a really big TikTok following. He, mm -hmm. And I was a fan of his TikToks at the time. And he commented on my TikTok, like you know, like an encouraging comment kind of thing. And that was the only reason, like really, that kept me going. I don't even know if I've ever told him that. Like, and it's cool, like it's come full circle, like we're friends now. Wow. And so, yeah, because like, if it was just all hate, right, or even like half or more positive, but like. Like still, still like 60, 40, you know? Yeah. But I mean, even like if you, you could have a 10,000 positive comments, like at least for me, and then I'll get one negative one and it just like eats me up. I'm like, yeah, you know, you know? especially at the time, you know, I, I've kind of gotten away from that now because I've kind of like grew as myself as a person and sure. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to get on there and be me either like it or you don't.
Right, you know, right, kind right. of like that's I'm great attitude. Like, you know, yeah, like you know, I'm gonna be me, and if you, and, you know, I would rather you hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not. You know, that's kind of that's uh, a great quote. I love that. Yeah, you know, I'd either you know, and so like that's kind of I'm just I get on there and I be me, you know, mm-hmm. and you're either gonna love it or you hate it, and if you hate it, like that's good, you know, and that's why there's more artists out there. <laughs> you know, sure. that's why that that's why I'm not the only artist trying to do country music at the moment. You know, that's why there's a lot. You know, if you don't like my things, like I'm not gonna get offended. That's why there's more of us. Right, right, you know, but right. somebody might like us, you know. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, that one comment though, like him giving that positive comment and me being a fan of his stuff, you know, like, like that. That's the only. I think that's really the only thing that kind of kept me going with it. But it was, uh, yeah. I mean, it's wild. I mean, that would keep me going too. I mean, if somebody you look up to is like cuts through all the noise and is like yeah this like is kind good, of right? out you're only up. now you're focusing on that one person like oh my god this guy this person i like and follow yeah. and a fan of is saying this is good like what i don't really care what anyone else is saying yeah no, like it kind of bonded out a lot of the hate yeah uh, it kind of bonded out all the hate but what didn't bond out was like you go to school and it's like uh yeah see i'm out senior in high school you know so that kind of put a damper on things but i bet well, a lot of that hate is because you had a viral video and people are talking it about was it. it was and 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 i gained a lot Jealousy. of followers. like i gained a lot of followers off of it like it, it like it, it did well like looking back at it like it helped right like looking back at it it helped uh but you know <laughs> uh but now but also that video kind of put a chip on my shoulder and made me work a little harder uh yeah you know, because then, you know, like it was kind of like, you know, everybody was kind of supportive mm-hmm. and it's funny how like every, and it's kind of, I guess it's like a, like a, like a majority of a small town thing. Like, you know, everybody's supportive until they're not. Sure. You know? And like, and everybody was kind of like really supportive of it until that video. And then they wasn't supportive anymore. And so like, uh. it kind of put this chip on my shoulder of like, you know, like I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Yeah, and then now you're like, look, I've, I, I, yeah, and now I get, messages from, <laughs> you know, now I get messages from those people like, hey man, of course like, you do what you're doing, and it's like, yeah. hey, man, thanks, man, thanks. You just sent them a screenshot of the mean thing they said like two or three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it's a, mental this? Note for sure. it's a mental note for sure. You know, I'm nice about it because, like, you know, like if I'm nice to you, you'll go listen to my music, I guess, but I, I don't I'm not gonna forget what you did. Uh. You know, like, I forget about it, but you know, oh, that's it, funny. It's funny. It's really, um, like, see, like we'll be playing those shows. Like we played a Nashville show, and you know you'll see some of those people there. You're like, you know? yeah, you bought a ticket for this, and it's like, <laughs> it's like I'm going to tell you thank you, but I think it's funny. You know, kind of <laughs> like he was that guy. You know, You're so. right. Oh, that's funny. So, well, tell me about the moment you had then uh, with "Want to Be Saved." Yeah, man. So that was, <clears throat> man. We uh, so that whole song, like, I kind of come up with the idea for it on my front porch one night. Uh, I was going through like this really rough time and uh, I was struggling and uh, I kind of come up with the idea. And so that was kind of the start of it. And I was in the shower. Like I started writing it. I was in the shower and I was like, I was like, it was a rough night. And I was like crying in the shower one night and I, I wrote the first verse in the course. Like just boom. Wow. Uh, I mean, it was probably 20 minutes. <clears throat> and so I come, I put a little guitar thing to it and I held on to it and I had to write with uh, Graham Barham. And I was a big friend of Graham's work. Uh, he had a song called "Preachers Need People" that, you know, I absolutely love that song. And so I was a, I was, I was, I was a fan of his stuff. And we got a write together, so I was like really pumped about the write. We went in there, and you know, we was picking around on some stuff, and wasn't really getting nowhere. It was just me and him, <clears throat> and uh, 
then I just threw that idea out because we were kind of running low on time and I had it half done. So I was like, I'm gonna throw this idea out. And, um, he said, why he goes, man, are you sure you want to write that? Like you've got it half done. You sure you want to put my name on it? And I was like, yeah, dude, like it's not going to get finished if we don't. Take um, it to the finish line. <laughs> so we wrote that second verse and, uh, you know, it was about to drive home, you know, um, <clears throat> I thought to myself, you know, if people could like, you know, I, I'd got to see the impact of music and like, and I'd seen, I'd play that song for a couple people and like one person in particular, you know, got like really like, you could see like, like the upsetness when they heard it. Cause they were going through some stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, I don't want to make people feel like that, you know? And if people could feel half of my pain when I wrote the song, like when they hear it, like, I don't want anybody to hear it. You know, like, because that song was really expressing myself, you know, like, cause you know, you get, at some point you get away from expressing yourself in music and it becomes about other, everybody else that listens to it. Right. You know? Right. And so like, I actually got to express myself in that song, but I'm, I'm a firm believer though. And like, once you reach a point of like doing it, songs are more gifts. Uh, like, you know, you like their gifts. If you write them just the way they're supposed to be written, it, like they just, they come to you. You know, like like being able to write music is a gift. It's not really a talent, I feel like. You know, it's not mm-hmm. you know, it's not something you learn how to do really. Like you can't you know, I, that's why like they talk about the Belmont songwriter courses and stuff like that. Like you can't teach somebody how to write a song. Right. You know, like like you know, you can't really teach somebody how to write a song. I always find that interesting too. Like you'll go to there, Belmont or like Berkeley, and it's like it's not like you graduate and they're and you're out like Okay, you did your four years, you have your yeah. songwriting degree, and now you're going to start writing songs that are going to be on the radio. It's like, well, no, it, exactly. that's how this works. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's, an over, you know, it's an overpriced degree for a music teacher. I mean, like, I have people, like kids, like reach out to me, you know, high school kids, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, you know, what do you think about the Belmont, you know, you know, music course? And I'm like, man, like for business law or, you know, like music law, like it's amazing. But for the songwriter course, like, dude, just start writing songs, you know, like, like there's no, there's no right way to write a song, you know, like, like a lot of Zach Bryan stuff does not even like go along with how songs are supposed to be written. Like a song structure. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, like stop and just start writing songs. Like the (laughs) only way to get better at it is to do it. Yeah. And do you, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then just like the, the realization of like like from a faith standpoint of like, you know, like we're like, you know, musicians are kind of messengers. So mm-hmm. I kind of just tell the message that comes to me, you know, whatever I felt led to write that day, that's what I write that day. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for everything I feel like. So there's a reason I wrote that song, there's a reason for it to be heard. And like Love with that. Wanna Be Saved, like I feel like just as much as songs come from a good spot, you know, they also come from a bad spot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I felt with Wanna Be Saved. <clears throat> was it come from a bad spot and that song wasn't meant to be heard. Uh, so I wasn't going to put it out. And there was a guy in town that wanted to cut it. Um, I told him, no, like I didn't want the song to be heard. Like it wasn't supposed to be heard. And then it wasn't till like I was on the winning side of that battle. And I looked back at it and I was like, man, like dang. And so like one day I was like trying to figure out, cause I know um, my manager was, well, she reached out to me, you know, about wanting to cut the song. And I was like, I don't really feel comfortable cutting the song. Like, no. And I was trying to figure it out because, you know, a lot of people was like, man, this is a hit, stuff like that. And, you know, and I was like, I, mean, I don't know. And then that, that bridge, you know, where it flips to kind of, you know, the bridge and that last chorus just hit me like, like a punch in the face. Like it just hit me. And I was like, man, like, 
that's it. And I didn't change a single word. Wow. I didn't change a single word. It come in like five minutes. It was like a five minute thing. I didn't change a single word. I changed one word. Take that back. When we was recording it, uh, and it says, you know, I know I should open that book and turn to the page. Uh, it, the original word that I'd written down was I think. And when I showed it to my producer, he said, no, he said, it's I know. He said, it's the only word that's got to be changed. He said, it's I know. We changed that one word, and that was kind of the rest of it. And it was like, I want to put that out because people can kind of hear my redemption and how I beat the story and not how – and not oh, how – How was how, it wasn't just like a negative thing. Now it's flipped yeah, at the exactly. end. Like yeah, there's like kind there's of redemption. Some, there's positivities. You know, there's some light shined on the darkness, you know. Yeah. And I kind of want to keep that message like the whole time. That's amazing. And so do you what, then go – do a version of it on on your TikTok thing. And yeah, man. So I, well. we were trying to figure it out, and we literally took and like we screen recorded the wavelength of just like it playing on my phone, and we just posted that. Oh wow! Blew. That was the that was the biggest. That was probably the most viral video we had of the of the sound. Oh um, my gosh! Just yeah, it wasn't it, like you had to go on there and and no. you aren't playing it or singing it the, the first little video piece we of it. Posted of it. Oh First my video gosh. we posted of it. We we posted a screen and take in mind those screen recording videos never do well. <laughs> right, because everyone's well. just flipping through like oh some phone. Yeah, and there, and there's no like there's no background to catch your eye. There's no rhyme or reason why it did well. You know, and all it's I a can, great song. And I and I pay it back to like a God thing almost. Like I wasn't supposed to put it out, wasn't supposed to put it out, and then boom, that hits me and I'm supposed to put it out. Yeah. You know, and I put it out like the exactly when I felt like it should come out. You know. Wow. And so the first video, boom. Dang. Um, and then that just gets people. And not just having the song do well on TikTok doesn't necessarily mean people are going to leave the app and then find you on Spotify. Yeah, like, that sure. makes it a real good, you know, exactly. song, right? Exactly. Because now you got to make somebody do another step or two. And yeah, people man, don't want to do that. They're like, I'm not going to leave the app to go listen to it. I'm just going to, I like the sound. Yeah. I'm going to go keep going yeah, on with my life. Really connected with it, man. They yeah. really with it, and like the the win of it for me, you know, like it made all these charts and stuff like that, and you know, doing like a million streams a week almost. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. And like, well, like it's cool, but like you know, everybody I talk with, like you know, my producer got almost mad at me one day because he was like talking about it. I was like, yeah, man, it's cool. I was like, I, I don't really care. Like that does like what's cool about it to me is I've got message after message after message after message of people saying this song's helped me. This song mm -hmm. like is getting me through a hard time. Like this song is my story like this song is helping me like all of those messages are what make all of this go around mm -hmm. um because i mean music is like i said you know like i go back to like a musician's a messenger like yeah. like i don't care about anything else but like affecting people's lives in a positive way you know yes. like I, I don't care about like the, the money the fame the you know like the the plaques the like none of that means anything and that was kind of the cool thing about growing up around those plaques and people who had done it in music like i learned that that wasn't the importance of it yeah it's and like I you learned, get that and then what you know you're, exactly like yeah. like and i learned that like that like it's not that cool because i grew up around them you know like the plaques and stuff like, <laughs> yeah, that. like yeah. i learned although i do want a plaque on the wall I, I was going to say, like, you'll get one, and then like, it'll be I cool. Want a, like, I want a plaque, like, just because, like, I'm a big, like, oh, people said I couldn't do that, and it happened. Hell you yeah. Know, like, yeah, exactly. Because like, criticism comes. Like, I'm sure you can read through the comments of my videos, and there's criticism somewhere. You know, it's yeah. never going to go away. Uh, so, like, I like to keep some things on my walls and stuff like that, just kind of like, oh, look, like, like when you know, when I see those hate comments, because we all read them every now and then, you know? Mm -hmm. 
like when we read those hate comments, it's like I look around and like, oh, people said I couldn't do that either. So I guess. I yeah, can, you know, exactly. Uh, and so that was kind of like, you know, I want a plaque for that, but not for like the, oh, look what I did. You know, like it's more of like people said I couldn't do that either. So I guess I should keep going. Yes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Your so, own like, yeah, your own victory, your own validation. Yeah. It's like a motivation, a motivational thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody said I couldn't do that and I did that. So, you know, what's stopping me now? Right. Right. And you recently um, did what the all out acoustic sessions? Yeah, man. Uh, that was cool. That and was, you also, was, but you also did an EP that, that, you know, was yeah, so we did the want to be saved EP, which was super cool because I think we did this EP a, like a lot different and we're, you know, kind of doing the way we're doing our projects is a lot different mm-hmm. is we're putting out a lot of singles and then just tagging on like two songs and just packaging it all at the end. Okay. And just package and making it a package deal at the end and just putting them out mostly singles packaging at the end. And then we're doing like the entire, EP, and then the all out acoustic sessions was that entire EP. Just acoustic, right? Yeah. Which is brilliant. Um, and there's one thing that I'm hugely proud of, like on that acoustic EP is almost every single song I did a different key, you know, a lot oh, of guys, then the like, original or just yes. in general. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll have to go uh, back lot, and listen to them all. A lot of guys, you know, they'll take like their, you know, so they don't have to work any harder. You know, they'll, <laughs> take, they'll take their, like the, the actual vocal. Oh, and just move it onto an acoustic. Just put like a guitar. They'll just put like an acoustic guitar to it, and that's the acoustic song. Uh, Make sure nobody ever thought that I was doing that, you know. And so, like those acoustic songs, all but the "Want to Be Saved" acoustic, are me sitting there with a guitar. Wow! Like like one take. They're one to two takes, no more than two takes. Uh, Just me and guitar in a chair with a mic, just live. It's live as it can get. Like that's that's how I sound on a stage every night. Wow, I love uh, that. That's really cool. And and I did them all in a different key than what the like than the original records in. Was so, that difficult to kind of like? No, because I always, your... I, for some odd reason I always played them in a different key. Like, anyway, oh. like I play them on stage in a different key than what the record is. Oh, interesting. Uh, so like, but I wanted it to feel like I didn't just cop out, you know, and just you know, cut the vocal off the actual song, mm-hmm. you know, so I just, and it's kind of a cool thing for me to just play them. And it shows my vocal range a little better. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to play it. Like I can do it any key you want to do it in. Yes. And so like, I just, I changed the key up, uh, played it in a totally different key and kind of, you know, ran with it like that. Amazing, man. Yeah. Um, and then with the, the, the song I heard, I think is coming out next month. It's called, uh, here we go again. Yeah, so that's December, like first of December. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna do that and um, talk to me about that song. Yeah, man, that was a cool write. Uh, me and Ben Roberts have written a lot together, and it was me, Ben Roberts, and Nick Bailey. And uh, I'd never met Nick, and uh, we sit down, and Nick played that track. That's kind of the track behind that. We added to it a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but the kind of the bass track to it, kind of the guitar loop that's in it. He played that, and I was like, man, that's it. So we kind of sit down and. Ben got quiet. You know, Ben's not a really quiet writer, but Ben got quiet. Me and Nick was just kind of, you know, learning each other, kind of meeting each other for the first time. Ben goes, guys, I got the chorus. And it was pretty much that entire chorus. So then we sit no down way. and we wrote the verses, you know, and it was a cool process. And I got my producer, Brandon Manley, to kind of come in there and tweak it up a little bit. And so Nick and Brandon produced it together. Uh, so it's going to be, it's such a cool record to me. Yeah, it and, is. Uh, it's a cool, really cool song. I think we're going to do some kind of, we're, you know, throwing around the ideas of doing something cool because we put out two versions of every song. Oh, um, okay. 
we put out two versions of every song and so we're throwing around some ideas kind of with the second version of that song like you know maybe an edm version you know kind oh of wow yeah that'd be a twist like that uh because i don't know if the song's going to resonate acoustic like mm. kind of wrong truck like the streams on the wrong truck acoustic didn't kind of do what i wanted it to but i looked back at it you know like i learned from it like you know those pop songs like that really don't resonate acoustic mm -hmm. uh so like maybe like an edm version or something like that would be cool so we're like we're throwing around ideas like the second version of the song that's awesome uh, yeah man i think it'll be cool and then you have some uh, i would imagine other other songs done yeah man, we got writing dude we've got such a list of songs i think we got like 11 or 12 you know songs laid out you know that are good enough to cut right now that's great um, and and i think that's kind of what is helping this whole thing go around is like I pride myself on being a writer first. Uh, mm -hmm. My mom's godfather told me when I was a kid, he said, good writers hang around forever. He said, good singers are short-lived. Like he that. said, because even when your artist career is over, you can still be a writer. He said, good mm -hmm. writers live forever. He said, good singers are short-lived. Uh, so I take, I've always took pride in writing. You know, writing was what I, my first love. And so it's kind of like, you know, I feel like I'm not a bad writer. And so we have like a really big list of songs, you know, and that's kind of the upper hand versus, you know, on this TikTok wave, I feel like, you know, is a lot of these TikTok guys really aren't writing a lot of songs. They write one song and it blows up, you know what I'm saying? Right. And that's it, they write, right? It, it, yeah. And so like, how do you expect him to be the best writer? You know, he wrote one cool song and it blew up. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, you know, like I've been writing music for forever, you know? And, yeah. And by the time the one, fun. by the time Wanna Be Saved came out, it was like, not only do you have that, but you have a whole back catalog of songs that people. I have can go a whole catalog, to. and a lot of these songs, like I've written, I think I don't know. These songs just keep getting better. It's like every week there's a better song that we add to, that we add to the pile. Yeah. You know? So I mean, we got twelve. I think there's twelve or thirteen songs we have, you know, laid out. And working with Missy Gallimore, like she's one of the best A&Rs to ever, you know, walk the streets of Nashville. <laughs> and so, like finding outside songs is like you know what she does. And mm -hmm. so, like, I'm not one of those guys that, oh, I'm going to write every single song I ever put out. Yeah, because you'll, you'll day, cut other, other, other. Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like great songs need to be heard. Mm -hmm. You know, like, great songs were meant to be heard. So if I hear one of those great songs, like, that's meant to be heard. I'm going to sing it. You know, I'm yes. going to let people hear Like, it doesn't matter that I didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it, and, you know, it was, you know, it, it's meant to be heard. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you've done some real, I mean, you just played the Exit in, what, two days ago or something like yeah, that? Yeah, man, that was a blast. And you were on tour with Warren Zaders, who's great. I've had him on my podcast twice. And yeah, we're going on the road March, March 2024 on the West Coast. I think first show, first stop, San Diego. It is. Yeah. yeah okay. First stop, San Diego. Oh, I didn't realize that this was this. Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes this sense. Coming March. March. Coming March. March. Yeah. Because the Pretty Little Poison just came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're doing San Diego first shot, yeah. for, first stop on the tour. He's first great, man. He, he, I've had him uh, on, like I said, twice. So that, that's a great mix, too. You and yeah, him. Yeah, man. I hear our fan bases are a lot alike. The people over at CAA was like, man, y'all have a lot of the similar fan base. It's gonna be a great time. So I'm pumped. Oh, that'll be exciting. Will that be your first like big tour? Yeah, man. We did some stuff. Yeah, that'll be the most I've played like tour wise. Like we've been traveling, playing a lot. But it's mm -hmm. kind of been like this small thing here. Like we'll play like a couple shows, like with Kid G, and then I'll play like the next couple. Oh, I love weeks. Kid G too. I've had him on my yeah, show man, too. He's, he's great. Like yeah, man. We played like we. I think we played four shows a couple months ago with Kid G. 
Mm-hmm. And so like that took up two weekends. And then I, the other two weekends I did my own thing, like, you know, in different cities. And then like, then we did two weekends with Colin Stow that, you know, was on American Idol. Yeah. And then like the other two weekends I would film my own thing. But this is the first time I've had the full month taken up with one person. Yeah. You're going to be gone. I mean, you're doing the whole, you're going all the way from San Diego, West coast up into, you know, Quebec. Canada. And, yeah, yeah, man. And that's I think cool. we start Toronto. out in, I think we start in San Diego and even did Montreal, Quebec. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Well, yeah. I love what you're doing. Congratulations on everything. And I mean, the CAA thing is huge. I just was yeah, just I'm announced, so, and so uh, pumped about that, man. I'm excited for you to release this this song in December. I'm glad I got a chance to hear it. Uh, yeah, man. And I appreciate your time, Austin. Thank you so much, man, for hey, doing thank this. Thank you for having me, dude. It was a blast, man. I have one more question. Even yeah, though you've up, been dude? giving amazing advice throughout this entire conversation, uh, yeah. do you have any for aspiring artists? Man, a TikTok, uh, because at the end of the day, it's all about how hard, how much you want it. It's all about how hard you're going to work and be the hardest working person in the room. Uh, don't, you know, don't, don't sit in a room and have to wonder if you're the hardest working person here. M- leave no doubt that, that you're the hardest working person here. Uh, so, I mean, work harder than everybody, work harder than everybody. And then, you know, keep God in it. Uh, that's always a big thing. You know, I had a guy walk up to me not too long ago and was like, man, how do you stay happy in such a cutthroat town? And it's <laughs> the fact of like, if this isn't my purpose, like if all this crumbled tomorrow and this isn't my purpose, that's totally fine. It was a stepping stone to get me to my purpose, you know, and kind of keep God in it. Cause if you don't have God in it, this town will chew you up and spit you out 100%. Yeah. Uh, and so keep God at the forefront of it and work hard.